Hi friends, I'm Gwen. And I'm Jacqueline. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me. The podcast where friends get together and talk about books. Happy Monday, everybody. Today we're doing our first author spotlight. We're featuring Taylor Jenkins Reid. We'll discuss each of her books, our thoughts about the ones we've read, and our opinions on the ones that are worth the hype. But first, let's share what we're currently reading. Gwen, do you want to start first? Sure. Um, so I'm actually still reading the same book for the last episode, um, If I Tell, by Greg Olson, um, because we are recording these episodes, the last one and this one really close together. So yeah, I'm still reading that one, but I've definitely made more progress and it's very interesting, very disturbing, and I think I'm really going to quote unquote, enjoy it, if that makes sense. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's a really well-written story. I think it's a very interesting story. Um, And then also the author reached out to me on Instagram and was like, yay, thanks for reading my book. I love this picture. And I was like, okay. That's awesome. So have you picked Um, something to read? I know last time you were like juggling between a lot of different books. Yeah, no, I haven't read anything. I haven't picked anything up. I'm just trying to like do other things while I'm not reading. So I'm not really worrying about it right now, and then I'm going to get ready for, because we're actually recording this early, so it's about to be August, right? Um, and so then I'm going to figure out what I'm reading for August, so I'm not even kind of worrying about the last few days of July. I'm just going to yeah, start I'm just, fresh. I'm going to try to finish up the book that I'm reading, and then I just need to start fresh in August, because yeah. after we get back from vacation, I've still just been kind of slumpy and kind of plugging along. Um mm. That laundry, still sitting in my laundry basket, but we'll move on from that. (laughs) So I thought we could start with a bit about the author. Taylor Jenkins Reid is the author of the New York Times bestselling novels Malibu Rising, Daisy Jones and the Six, and The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, as well as One True Loves, Maybe in Another Life, After I Do, and Forever Interrupted. Her books have been chosen by Reese's Book Club, Read by Jenna, Indie Next, Best of Amazon, and Book of the Month. Her novel, Daisy Jones and the Six, is currently being adapted by Hello Sunshine into a limited series for Amazon. She lives in Los Angeles. All right, let's start with her debut novel, which is Forever Interrupted. This was published in 2013. On a rainy New Year's Day, Elsie and Ben meet. Their chemistry is instant and electric. Within weeks, the two are head over heels in love, and by May, they've eloped. Only nine days later, Ben is out riding his bike when he is hit by a truck and killed on impact. At the hospital, Elsie must face Susan, the mother-in-law she has never met and who doesn't even know Elsie exists. Interweaving Elsie and Ben's charmed romance with Elsie and Susan's healing process, Forever Interrupted will remind you that there's more than one way to find a happy ending. I am pretty sure that we've both said before that this was our least favorite of her books. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I have this tied with one of her other ones, but this is definitely one that I disliked because, like, it is something I would read, whereas the other one was out of my comfort zone. Yeah, this one, I'm glad I didn't read it, like, as her first book, even though it was her debut, um, because Mm -hmm. she probably, I wouldn't have been, like, she wouldn't have been on my radar, per se. Um, And even though the, the synopsis says that it interweaves, like, the romance of the couple and it focuses on the healing process, I think it's much more heavily focused on the healing process. Um, and most of her novels have been contemporary um, or historical fiction. And I don't think this fits either of those categories as well um, as some of her other books. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely more of a healing process. And the storyline is mostly her and her mother-in-law and not really showing you much of the romance. Yeah. 
Next up is After I Do, which was published in 2014. When Lauren and Ryan's marriage reaches the breaking point, they decide to take a year off in the hopes of finding a way to fall in love again. There is only one rule. They cannot contact each other. Aside from that, anything goes. After I Do is a love story about what happens when love fades. It's about staying in love, seizing love, forsaking love, and committing to love with everything you've got. It's the story of a couple caught up in an old game and searching for a new road to happily ever after. This is one of my absolute favorite books. Um, The characters are amazing and the plot and the circumstances hit you in the gut. Did you like that one? Yeah, I gave that one five stars. It's one of my favorites. I really like that it focuses on a marriage and a marriage falling apart or going through like a rocky year because not that many romance books actually like share that. I feel like romance books are always like happy-go-lucky and it was nice to have this from a different point of view. Yeah I thought it was realistic because you know marriages do go through their ups and downs and while you might not specifically relate to the circumstances of these characters it shows that sometimes people believe oh the grass is always greener on the other side whether you've been in a married relationship or you know not Um, and I think this focuses on that and I really did like that like you said married couple dealing with real world issues. Maybe in another life which is her next novel, was published in 2015. Hannah Martin still has no idea what she wants to do with her life. Shortly after moving back to her hometown of Los Angeles, she goes out to a bar with her best friend Gabby and reconnects with her high school boyfriend Ethan. Just after midnight, she is offered a ride home by each of them. What happens if she leaves with Gabby? What happens if she leaves with Ethan? As these two alternate realities run their course, maybe in another life raises questions about fate and true love. Is anything meant to be? How much in our life is determined by chance? And perhaps most compellingly, is there such a thing as a soulmate? So I know you recommend this one a lot. You talk about this one a lot because it's one of those time travel alternate reality type stories. Um, so does this one, maybe in another life, remain your favorite? Yeah. I So what happened was like I read um, One True Loves, which we didn't talk about yet. I read that one first as my first Taylor Jenkins read book. And then I read, read Maybe in Another Life. And then I read after I do but I read all of those three in the span of like a week or two because they were the ones that were available at my library and I was just learning who Taylor Jenkins Reid was um out of the three I think this one was my favorite because it was also my very first um like alternate reality book um and so I just really really enjoy like the thought process behind it um I would say it's maybe in another life and then maybe after I do and then maybe one true loves is like the order that those three go in but they're all five stars <laughs> for me so it's hard to put yeah them in it's order. hard when they're all five stars you're like what order do these go yeah. in <laughs> um in 2016 the one that you just mentioned one true loves hit the shelves it was the first book I also read by Taylor Jenkins Reid and I was blown away right around the time that it was released there was a lot of skepticism floating around booktube about love triangles and how terrible they were and as someone who loves reading about love triangles this was like the perfect timing situation because I was like this this guys I wanted to recommend it to everybody because I was like this is a good love triangle because obviously any trope can be written well or not and just kind of formulaic but I really think that she did this in a way that could make people that do not like reading about love triangles see that okay a love triangle can exist and it does make sense yeah I do also really like love triangles but I don't really 
see a lot of them, or at least in the books nowadays, because it's all like hate to love right now. Um, but I did like that is what I loved so much about this one and even maybe in another life because like you don't really know who you're voting for and there are two love interests but it's done so well that it doesn't feel just like you know like somebody's cheating on somebody so yeah I think in like 2016 like you know how hate to love is like so predominant now Mm -hmm. that's how love triangles were around like 2015 2016 and I think people were just getting sick of them and that's why they were complaining so much and I was like guys but I like them so (laughs) one true loves follows Emma Blair who marries her high school sweetheart Jesse they build a wonderful life for themselves they travel the world together living life to the fullest and seizing every opportunity for adventure on their first wedding anniversary jesse is on a helicopter over the pacific when it goes missing just like that jesse is gone forever emma quits her job and moves home in an effort to put her life back together years later now in her 30s emma runs into an old friend sam and finds herself falling in love again when emma and sam get engaged it feels like emma's second chance at happiness that is until jesse is found he's alive and he's been trying all these years to come home to her with a husband and a fiance emma has to now figure out who she is and what she wants while trying to protect the ones she loves i remember after i was reading this i was like asking alvin i was like what would you do if this happened i I was like who would you i do think it definitely has those like good conversations yeah. because i was like you better oh, pick me and he was like no he would pick the new person he fell in love with <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's crazy yeah i mean it's hard because it actually um she was in her 20s when she was with jesse so it had been a very long time mm-hmm. a very long time between the different relationships Mm -hmm. and it does focus a little bit on like how sad she was and it wasn't like her and sam immediately got together like she did move home and kind of unpack her feelings and dealt with her grief and stuff like that but still i mean i was definitely rooting for one of the characters over the other just because I felt like I got a better sense of that person with her rather than the other one. Um, But yeah, still, both options would have and could have made sense. So either way, whatever ended up happening, whether she picked one guy or the other guy or said, screw both of them, I'm going to be by myself. um, I was just, it was a ride. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So that marks the end of her contemporary romance work for now. I'm hoping, personally wishing and praying that she will write more because she's amazing at writing life and love and making it feel authentic. I think about her stories and her characters long after I finish reading them. We have four more works to discuss. Let's move into her historical fiction novels, starting with The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which was published in 2017. So this is arguably the book that put Taylor Jenkins Reid on the map. Um, It was chosen as a book of the month pick, so that always helps. Um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo follows an aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon who is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. Evelyn Hugo chooses an unknown magazine reporter named Monique Grant for the job, and everyone in the journalism community is stunned, including Monique, but she's 
summoned to Evelyn's Upper East Side apartment and she listens as Evelyn unfurls her story from making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to her decision to leave show business in the late 80s and of course the seven husbands along the way. This book was stunning. It was my favorite read of 2017, like by far. I didn't know what to expect going in, but I read it so fast and I just, I immediately loved it. It was definitely more out of my comfort zone because it is more like historical fiction, but I really did enjoy like the romances that were in it. Um, I did end up giving this one four stars. So not like my favorite, but also not my least favorite. Yeah, I like how it broke down each of the husbands Mm -hmm. like in different chapters. So you did get to see like kind of a a mini deep dive into each of her relationships. And then um, along the way, I'm figuring like who was her favorite? Who was her one true love, you know, because yeah, very interesting. The lesser-known epistolary short story, Evidence of the Affair, is essentially correspondence between Carrie and David revealing piece by piece the painful details of a devastating affair between their spouses. They confess their fears and bear their souls and come to wonder where to go from here. Hopefully, all of the major fans of Taylor Jenkins Reid have read this one. If not, you need to fix it ASAP. It's right around 86 pages, so it's definitely a quick read but it's so good. You won't want to miss it. I read it back to back. So I read it through once and then I immediately picked it up and read it again. Like literally it was like I closed the book and well, I didn't really have the book, (laughs) but I closed, you know, last page restarted it. I mean, it was just so interesting. And I thought like, Oh, maybe I'll catch different details. Like the second time through, it was so good. I actually do. I'm like hunting down a paperback copy of this because it was one of those like Amazon originals, like you could, you know, ebook or audiobook or whatever, but, but I definitely want it for my collection. Yeah. Someone else just like sent me a message asking, um, but a lot of us thought there wasn't a paperback copy for it, that it was just. I have seen pictures. Like if you Google, you know, um, evidence of the affair, there are pictures with it as a paperback copy. Um, was so it just like, like printed as an arc? I, who knows? It could have been like an artist rendering. Like, who knows? But it looks like there was. I don't know. I need to find a copy if there is. If not, can we make one, please? Because yeah. the cover is gorgeous. That was my most recent read. I actually read it just during the last round of Romance-a-thon. Well, I listened to it, actually. Um, and it was really good. I gave it four stars. I could have given it five if it was longer. Like, I wanted it as a full book because it reminded me a lot of after I do and I actually didn't really know anything about it before going into it so I was actually pleasantly surprised with like how even like the back and forth was I really liked that a lot it's funny that you said you wanted it longer because I I did also but then I also like you know when we read those like longer books and we're like oh my gosh it could have been 100 pages shorter or 50 pages shorter Mm. and I almost wonder if that's why it was so short is because like she really didn't have any like more story to tell she put it all out there and the rest would have been like fluff and boring and slow paced and like drug down the storyline and stuff so I'm kind of glad that it was short you know so it was impactful as it was but then I was like yeah I would have liked it to be a little bit longer so I always struggle with that yeah I mean was it published before um she wrote after I do maybe it was like kind of like her pre after I do you know it was right in between the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones and the six Mm -hmm. so and it was also um Evelyn Hugo 
you know, and then it was like historical fiction. And then this one was also historical fiction um, set in like 70s, like 60s or 70s. And then Daisy Jones and the Six, of course, um, which released next, also set in that same time period. In 2019, Daisy Jones and the Six released mixed reviews in the bookish community due to the unorthodox interview format of the narrative. Told in 100% interview format, you read about the whirlwind rise of a fictionalized, iconic 1970s rock group, The Six, and their beautiful lead singer, Daisy Jones. And over the course of the story, the mystery behind their infamous breakup is revealed. Now, I had to stress that fictional (laughs) um, rock band because after people started reading the book, a bunch of memes started popping up around the internet about people like Googling the band and trying to find them and the real story behind it. That's how well written and authentic the story felt. Um, So (laughs) sorry, y'all. It was all made up. Um, This one I loved because I didn't read it immediately after release. I had heard people that did read it like pretty soon after it released and they were saying, oh, not my favorite. But if you're going to do it, do it on audio. I didn't like it, but do it on audio. Like everybody was saying, listen to it on audio. So even though I did get the book of the month copy, um, I did listen to it on audio and I also read along physically and Oh, like I said, I've talked about it a million times. It felt like a Rolling Stones magazine interview from my childhood, and I was all about it. Also, I'm huge on nostalgia with books, and I read Daisy Jones and the Six, and then I read as Evidence of the Affair, and they're both set in the 1970s. And I also watched that movie with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born, and that felt so much like Daisy Jones and the Six to me that I, I was sobbing. I was just sobbing throughout that whole freaking movie. And so because I have that nostalgia built into it as well, it will just always be one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely one of those people that everyone said, oh, listen to it on audio. And so I listened to it on audio and I gave it two stars. It just was not my thing. Um, I don't like the interview format. Um, there were a lot of different characters to keep track of. And now I probably would have liked it just a little bit better because I do really like like 1970s and I like reading about like people in the music industry, but I like it to be true. So it's like, oh, with it all being made up, it doesn't seem as interesting to me because it's not like, oh my gosh, like that happened or, oh, I'm so glad they made it or they went through these hardships. Whereas like, oh, reading, you know, Elton John's memoir was also back in Mm -hmm. this time period and it felt so much better to me because it was like, oh, he actually did deal with like drug addiction and stuff like that. So I felt like I could picture it more in my mind instead of just having something that's made up, but it just didn't work for me. And then finally, we have her newest release, Malibu Rising, which hit the shelves June 1st as of this year, which is 2021. Malibu Rising is a story about one unforgettable night in the life of a family, the night they have to choose what they will keep from the people who made them, and what they will leave behind. Four famous siblings throw an epic party to celebrate the end of the summer, but over the course of 24 hours, their lives will change forever. It's a mix of the 1950s, as their parents fell in love, and the 1980s, slash the present, as Nina and her siblings prepare for the party of the year. Yeah, I read that one. I don't think that you have yet. Mm -hmm. Not yet. 
Are you interested in it? Yeah. So I have the um, like hardback copy, but I lent it to my sister because she was definitely more interested because she reads more historical fiction than me. But I also have the audiobook because Libro FM gave it for um, like their ALC program. So I will probably listen to it eventually, but I am not going into it with any like high hopes or anything. I'm actually just kind of like mediocre about it because like I could like it with the time period that it's in. But with the following, like, the four siblings and stuff, I am not sure because it kind of sounds like The Immortalists, and I did not like that book. So I have this, like, mixed of, like, I'm not that excited, but I still want to read it in order to say that I've read all of Taylor Jenkins Reid's books so far. Um, but like you, I really hope she goes back to writing, like, her normal contemporary romance because I, historical fiction is just so hit or miss for me, but I love Taylor Jenkins reads writing style, which is why I go back to these historical fictions and read them. Yeah. Okay. So I have read Malibu Rising, obviously, and I am very curious if you would like this one. I won't say it feels like there's so many characters because you're mainly following one of the siblings, Nina. Um, but obviously her siblings have a part in the story as well. You get to follow like the 1950s as their parents fell in love and started the family and so you kind of hear a little bit about their childhood and it's kind of like them as a group you know Nina was the oldest so you know she had the oldest sibling responsibilities and stuff like that and then um, she's the one that has a party at her house um, so every year you know the siblings come to her house so I don't feel like it's as focused on the siblings but the sibling each of the siblings does have their own little kind of plot within the story but it's not like it was in the other one mm -hmm. um a lot of people this one is another one that was very decisive either you loved it or you hated it and it's funny because the people that enjoyed it liked it for different reasons so um some people hated the 1950s perspective some people hated the party aspect um you know the current timeline which was the 1980s like you said um i really liked the 1950s part of it and the lead up to the party but it's so funny because the party was my least favorite part of the book mm -hmm. luckily it wasn't a large portion of the book um yeah so there's that so i on goodreads i did rate it a five stars but on the story graph thank you story graph you can use half stars so i rated it 4.5 okay. So, and I even said on my review, I said, I can imagine the story isn't going to work for some readers and fans. Um, they're going to say it doesn't have the same magic because it does feel a little bit different because it's two different timelines, both, you know, like the 50s and 90s. So, yeah. I don't know. You just have to try it out for yourself, but I'm very interested in your thoughts when you do get around to reading it. I haven't really heard anybody, like, talking about it at all. Like, I haven't he heard, like, raving, but I also haven't heard, like, you know, the opposite of raving. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just feel like it came out and then it kind of just disappeared. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if people just kind of set it to the back burner and they just put it on their TBR Maybe. and their TBR is growing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the books she has out for now. I've read all of them. It's always hard choosing a favorite for me. I feel like there's a good mix of different characters and different ideas in her story, which is what I love because there are other authors that their characters start feeling very similar and I don't, you know, I, I forget their names or which book they belong to um, and which plot belong to what title um 
but her books never feel formulaic to me. And each time I hear there's a new project on the horizon, I get super excited about it. I feel like summertime is rapidly coming to an end, but there's still plenty of time to squeeze in some last minute summer activities. Is there anything else on your summer bucket list before you head back to work? Well, my boss and I actually went to the pool that was here. Like you pay like $5 for the day. Um, And that was actually really nice because we got to like catch up and talk because I actually haven't really seen her a lot this summer. Um, Normally I just see her at work even though she does live right across the street from me. But we were both really busy with like vacations and they actually book up their time a lot. So I haven't seen her. But we went to the pool and it was like so nice actually to just relax. And there wasn't that many people there. Like I used to take my nanny kid to that pool and it was packed back in the day. And so like going there and we got like chairs in the shade and then we were just like, you know, treading water while we talked. So it was like exercising too. And that was just really nice. So we're going to try and do that probably once a week until we have to like go back to work. So very shortly. That sounds, that sounds nice. Yeah. So it was nice to get like some sun and then like actually be in the water compared to normally the only time I'm at the water is like the one week you go to the beach and then there's no water around here. So (laughs) yeah, that was pretty nice. So, and then I want to still take a couple more walks um, into town to get like coffee and stuff before the you know summer is ending because then I'll be at work and I'm definitely not gonna have time to do that stuff anymore so I'm trying to just do all the things that I like doing when I'm not at work that I know I won't have time for when I do go back to work um I don't really think we have any plans other than what I mentioned in the last episode I want to go see my parents um we still haven't figured that out because of Daniel's job because we took that week to go to the Outer Banks Mm -hmm. um we haven't he's got to figure things out at work and see how the projects are kind of laying. And then also with my mom, she works from home as well. And since we will stay in their house, we don't want to be like up in their casino type thing. Um, So it's a balance of trying to find when's a good time for my mom and finding a good balance um, for Daniel so we can go. Um, So hopefully that will happen. It's supposed to happen in August. Um, We had a date. It was going to be like right around uh, our anniversary, but then it was like, okay, maybe that's not a good time. And then we're like, okay, maybe middle. And then we're like, oh, maybe not. So I don't know. It's just kind of all up in the air, but visit my parents, hopefully in August, if not in August, in September, which it would be kind of cool to go in September because um, my parents are surrounded by like they live in a cabin in the middle of the woods and there's lots of trees and that means lots of like mosquitoes and humidity and stuff like that. So in September, it starts cooling off a little bit. So that would be a nice trip, but I'm down for either. I just, I haven't seen my parents in, you know, over two years. It's been like two and a half years. So I'm ready yeah. to see them. Um, that's a long time. So yeah, time. so that, and I think that's it really just go to the beach locally and stuff like that. Yeah. That's nice that you that you do have like a beach that you can just go to. Yeah, <laughs> it is nice. Um, and there are several beaches around. Uh, you can go to different ones. But I have this like kind of hidden beach that uh, my sorority sister told me about. And it was near her house. So I would always like go over her house. We'd go to the beach together and then we'd go back to her house and she had a pool. So we'd always like do that like a whole day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she ended up moving away from that area, but I always go back to that beach because there's not a lot of people, you know, the waves aren't super crazy. It's just a good place to like go be in the sun, read a book, dip your toes in the water and call it a day. So, yeah. And it's not that far. It's like 10 minutes to get there. So. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, that's a wrap, folks. We had so much fun chatting about Taylor Jenkins Reid and her books. Check back in with us again in two weeks for a new episode of Talk Bookish to Me. Until next time, happy, happy reading. reading.